welcome to the Life Church Sermon Podcast. We're a church based in North Dallas with a desire to help people love God, love people, and make a difference. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. I'm picking up on a series that, that we've been doing on Wednesday nights, and this is not the norm for me to take a Wednesday series and to bring it over into Sunday, but uh, we've had a weather related cancellation on a Wednesday night and uh, first Wednesday was this past Wednesday and then as Pastor Matt mentioned we're getting ready to go into our spring breakouts and so I uh, prayed about it and felt like that uh, this would be a good opportunity dealing with the subject matter I'm going to deal with today to, to go ahead and pick up our Happily Ever After series and to do that today and then we will finalize it. We'll do the last uh, installment this coming Wednesday, and I hope that you'll plan to be here this Wednesday to be a part of that. So in in this series, it it is a relationship series, and we're calling it Happily Ever After, and what we've been doing is looking at some Old Testament couples and letting their marriages speak into our lives. And Uh, Here's what I want you to know, those of you who are hearing relationship series and thinking, okay, this isn't going to apply, this isn't going to pertain to you, please don't check out because I I believe that what I'm going to share today has scriptural truths that will benefit each and every one of us. This isn't just for the married, this isn't just for those who want to be married someday, but this is for all of us. To this point, we've talked about Jacob and Leah and Rachel, and I know that's three people. That's not a couple. I'm not going to explain that. Go back and watch the webcast from that Wednesday night if you want to know more about that. And then we talked about Ahab and Jezebel. And uh, this coming Wednesday, I'm going to be talking about Jose, the prophet Hosea and Gomer. And, uh, but today, I want to talk about Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah. And so no matter where you are in life, I, I believe that this account, what I'm going to speak about today, the story of Abraham and Sarah has the potential to, to speak to you in a powerful way. And there's, there's many of us right now that look at kind of where we are in life and what has transpired up to this point. And, and, and maybe, maybe some of you, for you, your life isn't anything what you thought it would be. Maybe it, it looks very different in the present than what you thought it would look now. Maybe things haven't turned out the way that you imagined they would or the way that all of your great plans, you know, would have caused it to turn out. And uh, others, you know, maybe here today and, and, and you're unmarried and you thought that by this age or by this point in your life that you would be married. And there's others of you who, who are married but you thought that your marriage would be different than it is. And so if you look at your life and it's different in some way than you thought that it would be, then I believe the word of God is gonna speak to you today. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Speaking of the word, let's go to the book of Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12 beginning in verse one. And as you're turning there, it's great to see the Dominguez is with us today. We love these people. Welcome them back to the Life Church. Genesis chapter 12, verse number one. Now the, now the Lord had said to Abram, this was Abraham's name before it was changed. The Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, 
to a land that I will show you. So this is what the call of the Lord is, is leave the familiar and follow me. But then in verse number two, the Lord makes an incredible promise to Abram. He says, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. So God told Abram to leave everything that he knew. He told him to leave everything that was familiar, everything that he was comfortable with. And God said, I'm going to lead you to a new place. I'm going to lead you from where you are to where I want you to be. I'm going to invite you to follow me. And so, church, this was an invitation to do what all of us are called to do as Christians. This is an invitation to walk by faith and not by sight. Because when we walk by faith, that means that we have to be willing to follow God into the unknown. That means we've got to be ready to abandon our comfort zones if we're going to receive, if we're gonna lay hold of the blessings that God is inviting us into. If you stand still, many times you're gonna miss out on the blessing. If you stay where you are, many times you're gonna miss out on the blessing. But if you will heed the call of God, if you will take a step of faith, even though you don't know where that step is taking, the blessing can be yours. In fact, Hebrews 11 and 8 says this, by faith, Abraham, everybody say by faith. By faith, he did it. Abraham, he obeyed and he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. Is anybody ready to sign up for that adventure? Didn't know where he was going, just knew he was leaving home. Just knew he was leaving the familiar. But let me tell you something, many times that's what faith looks like. Right, right there is what faith looks like. Not knowing where you're going, but knowing that God is leading. That's what faith looks like. It looks like stepping out simply because God spoke a word. Simply because God is calling you. Even though you don't know what the next step is gonna be, you step out anyway. That's what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. So the Bible says, by faith, Abraham, he followed the voice of God. And that meant moving. That meant packing up. And that's not easy. Anybody moved lately? Anybody enjoy that process? Probably not. It's not an easy thing. It meant leaving behind everything that he knew simply on the merits of faith. You see, church, many times God will call you to step into his blessings, but the only way to get there is by taking a step of faith. He'll tell you there's a blessing ahead, but you've got to take a step of faith first. Many times, though, when we hear the voice of God or we feel the leading of the Lord, that's when we begin to ask for more information. Can you give us some more details? God, can you fill in all of these blanks that I have, right? But hear me today. If the Lord is calling you to take a step of faith, he's rarely gonna give you the details. Because if he gave you the details, guess what it wouldn't be anymore? It wouldn't be a step of faith any longer. 
And here's what the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 and 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. So here we have Abram, his wife Sarai, and they get this promise. I'm going to do something with you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make a great nation out of you. In other words, church, God was telling them, you're going to have a lot of kids. You're going to have a whole lot of grandkids. You're going to be massively blessed with children and descendants. But before the blessing becomes a reality, you must step out in faith. And that's what Abram did. That's what he and Sarai did. And because of that, they became known as people of faith. Yet, church, listen to me. They became known as people of faith. But when you look a little closer at their story, they didn't always have faith. They didn't always, yet they became characterized as a couple of faith, but they did not always have faith. That, that ought to be encouraging to somebody here today. That, that ought to be helping somebody here this afternoon. Come on, if you've ever wavered in your faith, let me tell you something. You can still be known as a man of faith. If you've ever wavered, come on ladies, you can still be known as a woman of faith. If you've ever gone through an episode of unfaithfulness in your life, hear me today. You can still be found faithful. Praise the Lord. Abraham faltered in his faith. Sarai faltered in her faith. But together they faltered in their faith. But the good news is that even when they were faithless, God never stopped being faithful. God was always faithful through the whole episode, through the whole account, through the whole story. He was always there. He was always faithful. And you can rest assured that's how it will be with you as well. He's always faithful. But church, what do we do? What, what do we do, what do, we do when, when life doesn't go as planned? What, what do we do when things don't turn out the way that we thought they would? Well, I want to share three things with you today from the marriage of Abraham and Sarah of what happens when things don't go as planned. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach a little bit. I'm going to preach a little bit, and we'll just kind of see how it all ends up. My first point here today is this. The first thing that we can do when things don't go as planned is that we can fall victim to fear. We can fall victim to fear. And this is what Abram did when there was a famine in the land because basically what was going on was the economy around them tanked. And so he up and he moved his family to a place where they could have food. He moved them to Egypt. And as he was entering into Egypt, he made some sinful decisions based out of fear and fear alone. Here, here's what verses 11 through 13 say in Genesis 12. And it came to pass when he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarai, his wife, indeed, I know that you are a woman of beautiful countenance. She was good looking. Therefore, it will happen that when the Egyptians see you, that they're going to say, this is his wife and they will kill me, but they're going to let you live. Then here's what he did out of fear. Look at verse 13. Please say that you are my sister, which is a half truth because she was his half sister, which I know is strange to us today. And that's a whole other story. I'm not going to get into right now. 
And he asked her to lie. Say that you're my sister. Don't say that you're my wife, that it may be well with me for your sake, that I may live. I want to live, Sarai, and you can help me to live. You see, during that time, if you entered into enemy territory and the king liked your wife, they would kill the husband in order to take the wife. But what's interesting about this story, though, is that God had given them a promise. God had given them a very distinct and great promise to, to Abram and to Sarah. He told them, you are going to be blessed. You're going to be made a great nation. You're going to have so many descendants that you're not going to be able to count them. And he promised them they were going to have a life of abundance. That was the word of God to them. That was the promise that was delivered to them. Listen to me. According to simple biology, in order for that prophecy and that promise to come true, they both had to be alive. Right? If you're going to have kids, you got to be alive. But what did Abraham do? He let faith, excuse me, he let fear take over instead of faith. He began to let doubt creep in and he began to doubt the promises of God. And because of fear, he made a sinful decision to tell an untruth, to lie. Because of fear, he stopped trusting what God said that God was going to do. And even though this journey started off in faith, it got sidetracked by fear. And we can let this happen in our lives as well too. We start this journey in faith only to be sidetracked by fear. We know, we are sure that the ways of God leads to blessings, but many times what do we do? We revert to doing things our way instead of doing things God's way. God's way is to tithe. It's to give 10% of your increase. But many times what happens? Because we're afraid, hey, we're not gonna be able to make ends meet. What do we do? We don't obey and because we don't obey God's way, the blessing ends up being lost. God calls us to get involved in ministry. He calls us to make a difference with our life. But because of our fear, we've got these questions and we feel inadequate. And because of that, we let fear talk us out of being used by God. God's dealing with somebody maybe about starting a life group, but you go, you know what, what, what if this and, and what if that and, and what, I'm not, what if I'm not cut out for it? And so you lose the blessing because fear arrests you. God's desire for many here today is that you would have a blessed marriage, that you would have a beautiful, life-giving marriage. But many times because you're fearful of what you're going to have to give up in order to achieve that, because you're afraid of what you're going to have to change in order to achieve that, we forfeit the blessings of doing things God's way for the burden of doing things the world's way. We talk ourselves right out of being obedient to God. Instead of being led by faith, we're influenced by fear. Oh, but I wonder today that if instead of talking ourselves out of obedient, what if we started talking ourselves into being faithful? 
What if we started talking ourselves into believing? What if we started talking ourselves into faith instead of talking ourselves into fear? Hey, what's going to happen? What's this going to look like? How much am I going to have to give? Listen, why don't you begin to speak words of faith instead of words of fear? Somebody say praise the Lord. I'm convinced that there are many people that God has spoken to. God's prompted you to do something. But because of fear, you're not obeying the direction of God. Because that's what fear does. Fear talks us out of what faith has birthed in us. Fear talks us out of it. Listen, God had already given Abram a promise, but Abram panicked and he let fear creep in. And because of that, he stopped believing the promise. And so that's the first thing many times that will happen with us when things don't go as planned is that we'll become a victim of fear. The second thing I want to share with you today is that many times we, we, we get ahead of God. We, we get ahead of God when life isn't going the way we wanted to. When things aren't happening the way we want them to, we get ahead of God. God, God told you that you're going to have kids, but you're not having any kids. God, you're taking too long. What, what's going on here? I'm getting tired of waiting, God. I'm getting tired of doing it your way. And so, so the next thing that we see happening with Abram and Sarai is they, they try to make something Happened. They decided, you know what? If God's not going to do it, then we're going to force it. We're going to manipulate it. We're, we're going to get involved and we're going to try to help God out since obviously he doesn't seem to be delivering his promises fast enough. Genesis 16 and 1 tells us what they did. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. The promise can only be fulfilled if you have children. They don't even have one yet, right? Big problem. It's a problem. So read on, and she said she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So she's, she's getting ready to make a proposition to Abram. Look, you know what? God's not moving. We've not been able to conceive. We've not been able to have a child yet. But I've got this, I've got this, this maidservant over here. And he's beginning to make, she's getting ready to make a proposition of what can happen. And, you know, some of you guys are familiar with this story. And you're thinking, okay, that's pretty good. But, but here's the thing, you, you might not understand this, but I've, 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 we've researched and dug and we've been able to, to somehow find a picture of Hagar. And I want to share that with you right now. There's, isn't she beautiful? This is Photoshop. This is not a real person, so I'm not being mean to anybody here. But you know what? Hagar probably was not Miss America. You know, who, who, who knows? She, she might have had, you know, hairy underarms and didn't shave her legs. And so this might not have been just as incredible, you know, as some of you guys think that that would have been. This, this is Hagar here. And so, you know, I don't believe that Sarah was dumb. You know, she, she's not gonna say, hey, you know what, I've got this gorgeous handmaiden. Here you go. Verse two, let's get back to the book. So, Sarah, is it okay to laugh a little bit? So, Sarai said to Abram, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go in to my maid. Now, catch this. What does Sarai say next? 
Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram, he heeded the voice of Sarai. But I want you to notice what we just read there. Sarai didn't say, you know, perhaps God will help us. Perhaps this is what the Lord wants to do. Instead, she said, perhaps I, I can take control. I, I, maybe I can get the ball rolling. Maybe, maybe I can make something happening because God is not making something happen. God is not doing it. So I'm going to get involved and I'm just going to see if I can force something along. We want that promise. So let me see what I can do to make it happen. And if you read the whole story, you're going to know Abram went into Hagar. She gave him a son. But listen, it all went downhill from there. I'm talking about jealousy. I'm talking about catfights. I'm talking about trouble after trouble. And why? Because they tried to force something that only God could do. And this happens all the time, doesn't it? It happens in our day and age, a Christian guy, a Christian girl, they want to get married, but instead of waiting for who the Lord has lined up for them, they compromise. And they settle for somebody that's just available regardless of what their beliefs are. What are they doing? They're getting ahead of God. They're, they're trying to do the work of God or a young couple. Maybe, maybe they see others around them and they want to live to that level. They want to have that kind of lifestyle. Or they want to have the size house that their parents have. But instead of working or saving and managing their money wisely, what do they do? They strap themselves with a suffocating amount of debt. Trying to get the blessings, but they're trying to do it their way instead of God's way. And they get ahead of God. Maybe somebody doesn't like their job. Maybe somebody doesn't like their boss. But instead of waiting for God to provide them with a new opportunity, they quit. Quit the job. Walk away from the job. And then they wonder why they can't pay their rent at the end of the month. Why? Because they got ahead of God. Because they tried to force something, right? And the list could go on and on and on. God, you said that this is what you were going to do. But since you're not doing it, since I don't see you moving, since you're not doing it on my time frame, when I think you ought to do it, then I'm just going to get involved and I'm just going to make something happen. But church, this is what you need to remember when it comes to God. And that's the fact that God may not be early, but God is never late either. It may not happen when you think it ought to happen. It may not happen when you want it to happen. But God is always on time. He may not be early, but his timing is better than your timing. His timing is perfect. So let me rise to remind somebody here today that what God said is gonna be done. What God said will come to pass. What God promised, it will not fail. His word will not return void. Hey man, he's a God of perfect timing. And even when we are faithless, he is always faithful. So don't do like Sarah and because of fear, don't get ahead of God. Wait on God. Somebody say, wait on God. Wait on the Lord. Wait on his timing. Wait on him to do the work. 
The battle's his. It's not yours. Don't get ahead of him. Hallelujah. If you get out ahead of him and the battle's his, you're going to get slaughtered. Wait on the Lord. The third thing that happens when, we, when things don't go as planned in our life is that we don't believe that God will do it for us. We don't believe he'll do it for us. He may do it for somebody else, yeah. He may answer somebody else's prayer. He, he may do a miracle in somebody else's life, but you just don't think that he will do it in your life. When things don't go the way you think they ought to go, many times we wind up thinking this way. And quite honestly, I can, I can understand when you think about Abram, when you think about Sarah, I can, I can understand why they would feel this way. When you think about the whole context, you know, we just see it as a couple chapters in a book of the Bible. But when you look at the whole context, the whole account, listen, from the time that they received the promise to the verses we're getting ready to read, it spans about 30 years time. From, from the time the Lord said, hey, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make a great nation out of you to the point that we're getting ready to read. 30 years had transpired. And listen, when you're talking about having kids, 30 years is a long time to wait. It's a real long time. So let's be honest. That would be an easy place to lose faith. And that's exactly what happened with Abram and Sarai. But in Genesis 17, when God changed Abram's name to Abraham and he changed Sarai's name to Sarah. 30 years after the promise, God told him very specifically, he reiterated the promise once again. He said, I'm gonna give you a son and I'm gonna make you a great nation. But this is how Abraham responded in Genesis 17, verse 17. Then Abraham, he did what? He fell on his face and he laughed and he said in his heart shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old don't you know how old I am God and shall Sarah who is 90 years old bear a child Abraham's like God you got to be kidding right you're just you're just toying with me you're just messing with me. You said this 30 years ago. If you really wanted to do it, that's when you should have done it. And I, you know, I, I believed it back then. I, I believed it when it was possible. I believed it when I was younger. And I, I, I believed it when the timing made more sense. But God, right now, I'm not seeing this. And interestingly enough, Sarah responded in the exact same way in verse 12 of Genesis 18. It says this, therefore, Sarah laughed within herself saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. So what do we have here? Abraham's laughing. Sarah's laughing. But it's not because anything is funny. It's because they've lost their faith. It's because they'd given up on the promise because they couldn't believe anymore. So all they could do was laugh in response. But church, that's when the Lord really began to bear down. That's when the Lord really began to, 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 to try to bring things into focus for them and to show them who, exactly who he is. Beginning in verse number 13, it says, And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Surely I shall bear, surely uh, I will bear a child since I am old? And then he proceeded, the Lord proceeded to ask them a question that must have shaken them and it must have pierced through to their very soul. And I pray that it would do the same 
same for us here today. In verse 14, the Lord asked them this. He said, is there anything that is too hard for the Lord? Now I want you to listen to the certainty of this next statement. He said, is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too hard for your God? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, Abraham and Sarah, it's not gonna happen the way you think it is. It's not gonna happen on your timetable. But when I say it's time, you're not gonna be able to keep it from happening. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Is anything too hard for God? Oh, I believe in that moment when Abraham and Sarah heard those words that something shifted in their faith, that something was stirred up in that faith that had gone dormant and they began to remember who this God was that they were serving. They began to remember his goodness, his faithfulness, and his greatness. They began to remind themselves that he is the one to whom anything is possible. And in that moment, all of their doubt and belief and manipulation went out the window and they once again took the Lord at his word. Hallelujah. Is there anything too hard? Is there anything too hard? And I believe that's a question God's asking us today. Is there anything too big? Is there anything that's too, that's beyond his ability? Is there anything that you're dealing with? Is there anything you're up against? Is there anything that you're facing today that is too hard for God? For those who are here today who want children, but you've not been able to conceive yet. Listen, I know that what you're dealing with is painful, but can I ask you today, is anything too hard for our God? Oh, hallelujah, is anybody hearing me today? For the husband and wife who may be having a difficulty in your marriage and you don't see how things are gonna get any better, I wanna know, is there anything that is too hard? Is there anything that is beyond the ability and power of God? For those who feel struck, you feel stuck in life and you feel like life is just passing you by, I wanna ask you, is there anything? Can you name anything? Can you identify anything that is too hard for God? For those of you who have lost loved ones, for those of you who have wayward sons or daughters, I know that their choices, the choices that they're making, they're not what you want them to be doing right now, but do you really think that God can't reach them? Do you really think that there's anything that is too hard for our God? For those who may be struggling financially and you're just beginning to think, you know, hey, this is just the way that it's gonna be. This is just the way that our life is gonna be. We're just meant to struggle. Listen to me today. There is nothing, absolutely nothing that is too hard for God. Oh, pastor, we're just always gonna be miserable. We, we might be able to, to eke out a marriage. We might be able to stay together for the sake of the kids, but we're never gonna have the kind of marriage that other people have. We're, we're, we're never gonna have a special kind of marriage. I, I wonder today, is that how big your faith is in the God of the universe? That you're gonna settle 
that you're going to settle. That you're just going to live with things the way that they are and accept that. I pray that what happened with Abraham and Sarah would happen with some of you today. That your faith would begin to be ignited. That your faith would begin to be stirred up. Oh, hallelujah. It may have been a long time. Come on, you might have had a rough go of things. It, it, it may be difficulty after difficulty, but I want to remind you today of the God that we are serving. We're serving a God who can do absolutely anything. Come on, I want to help build your faith a little bit. Sister Katie, I don't know if you're sitting over there, maybe behind Demetrius. Sister Katie, her brother, has been in the hospital for a couple of weeks. He's been on life support, been on a ventilator. This past Thursday, Friday, they were pretty much having the talks, getting ready to throw in the towel, saying that there was no hope for him to recover. They tried many times to, to bring him off the ventilator to see if, if he would begin you know, to, to, to function the way that he needed to, but he, each time there was nothing and they had to put him right back on. So they were preparing for the worst. Didn't look like anything was improving this whole two week or so period of time, no, no progress, no improvement. But can I tell you that as of Saturday, he's off life support, he's off the ventilator. As of today, he passed the swallow test. Come on, I'm gonna tell you, there's nothing, there's nothing beyond the reach of our God. There's nothing too big, there's nothing too bad. Come on, do you really think that God can't do a miracle? Or do you just think he can't do it for you? Well, I want you to know that if he can do it for Katie Cremeen's brother, he can do it for you. If he can bring life out of death, he can do it for you. If he did it for somebody else, he can do it for you. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm gonna close quickly. You can stand with me if you want. Even though Abraham and Sarah messed up again and again, even though they went from faith to faithless and back to faith, here's how Romans chapter four, beginning in verse number 19 describes them. And not being weak in faith, it's talking about Abraham talking about Sarah it's talking about the ones who laughed at the promises of God but here's what it's saying of them they weren't weak in their faith something transpired there was a transition they got to the point where they believed anything is possible with God there's nothing too hard it doesn't matter if I'm a hundred years old and my wife is 90 there's nothing too hard for God not being weak in faith he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old or the deadness of Sarah's womb listen to me church there is a difference between facts and truth there is a difference and in this passage we're having a bunch of facts spit at us they're old hundred years old ninety it's not going to happen. This isn't the way things transpire. No, but listen, there is a difference between facts and truth. Here's the reason why. Facts change. Truth does not. 
The fact was, they were old. The fact was, they were beyond the childbearing age. That was the fact. But the truth was, God had made them a promise. And the truth is going to trump the facts. The truth is always going to triumph. Hear me today. God had given them a promise. And because of that, truth never changes. Truth will always prevail. Romans 4 and 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Catch this. And being fully convinced, not halfway, not partially, but fully. Somebody shout fully. Being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you were inspired by today's sermon. Connect with the Life Church through our website, TLCDallas.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at TLC Dallas. Remember, together we can love God, love people, and make a difference. God bless.